Welcome to the Strange Films Podcast, a place for filmmakers, actors, and other creatives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Strange Films Podcast. I am back once again with another creator. Uh, I, I feel a little rusty. I've been on vacation. I've been doing vaca- uh, events and traveling all over. So the, uh, it's been it's time for a new guest. And we have another filmmaker that I actually met at FrankenCon a few weeks ago. This is Scott Bryan, and I'm happy to have you on the show, man. Thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, yeah, it was cool, like, uh, making the connection, having conversations. At, it was Bride of Frank and Con. And, uh, yes. um, and then, yeah, getting to come on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, events like that are always nice, especially when they're geared towards, like, horror and it, filmmakers and indie films and stuff like that. Uh I feel like Bride of Frank and Con, Bride of Frank and Con is like, like perfect because it's like big mm-hmm. enough to be awesome and fun, but then like small enough to be intimate and you can actually like talk to people and like take time to like see people and get to know people and stuff. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you you can only lap so many times, and and there's, yeah. there's so many filmmakers and actors and people around that you can just kind of you know, chat up with and get to know and, and make connections with. So, and, and you were one of those uh, people I got to fortunately um, connect with. So, um, and we traded movies. I got you a copy of He Comes to Kill and you gave me a yeah. copy of your movie. Uh, My best friend's head exploded, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is, this is great. Um, but Scott, my, uh, my show is all about trying to showcase uh, filmmakers and creators in general. So for my audience who may not be familiar with you, if you want to take your time or to introduce yourself, uh, how you got started and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's not super dissimilar from a lot of people's stories. I was a nineties kid, got into horror, like, um, watching VHS copies of eighties stuff. Cause I mean, the nineties was, it, it had its thing going on, but there was definitely like the, the eighties horror and the video store experience was what, got us all into that and then independent films had the huge boom when i was a kid you know the same people everyone talks about richard linkletter kevin smith robert rodriguez tarantino um uh you know i like john waters and um david lynch a lot too um you know all the all the big heavy hitters um and i don't i just like i never was really into anything else besides like movie making and creativity and stuff like um and i've always been like a super rebellious kid i guess like i didn't ever go to school or anything i just started making stuff and um got into theater and stuff i i grew up in um new mexico and albuquerque um which uh has a a really cool like independent film scene and theater scene and so i got into that started going to auditions and then you know once like the internet started being a huge thing it was like web series and um short films and a comedy group i was in called eat drink and be larry did a bunch of like short movies and uh, a couple little like we did a movie called ham with the vampire slayer one called um pizza girl massacre I don't know if you can even find those movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably lost in the ether. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff. And then, um, um, and then in my twenties, I descended into alcoholism and bad behavior, wrecked my life pretty well, um, and crash landed, burned all my bridges. Uh, uh, <laughs> is this too real? Too fast? Hey, I'm all here for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like I, yeah, I had like a, a, a total, like chuck everything in the river and like reset my life moment. Um, I, yeah, I got divorced, lost my job. Like, and I worked in, like, I worked at a movie theater right at the end of, um, film stuff. So I would like build prints and watch movies all night, like all through like the mid two thousands and stuff. So I saw like everything that came out and then went and worked at a video store. And like I said, like kind of got into drugs and alcohol and crash landed, got divorced, went on the road, um, volunteered on farms across the country as I like moved East away from Albuquerque as I got like, after I got sober. Um, and then, um, met Emily who's in my best friend's head exploded. She's my, my partner and producing partner. And I met her at Donald Trump's inauguration in DC. I was like, um, I was, I had hooked up with a, an Irishman in cowboy boots and we were like uh, volunteering at a hostel in Atlanta. And we were like, you want to go to that? He wanted to go see a riot. And, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll go up there and see this fool get sworn in. Um, and it was kind of a bad scene, but I met Emily there um, and then ended up, uh, we started dating. She lived in West Virginia, worked at a paper. She was there covering it for the paper she worked for. Um, and so during this whole time, I was getting sober, cleaning up my act, like doing all that work. Everyone talks about like when you're like, a, you know, one of, like a, one of these mediocre, mediocre white dudes who like doesn't have very good behavior or habits and you do the work to like become a better person. I was doing all that during that time, um, working a 12 step program and writing every day. And I wanted to be, I decided I wanted to be a writer rather than do acting and film. Cause it was bad for my ego. Um, <clears throat> um, so I did that for a while, got a few little stories published and things wrote like tons and tons and tons of stuff. So I have like bajillion pages of backlog material for anything and everything I want to do in the future. And then, um, and then during the pandemic, it was like, um, Hey, I've got a little camera and we got this like cool, like, you know, Mac computer from, um, Emily's brother. And I just downloaded iTunes or not iTunes, um, uh, iMovie and GarageBand and made my first short with puppets, like basically in the basement, um, during the pandemic while we were all locked up and couldn't go anywhere. I just did it all by myself. <laughs> um, wow. and yeah, so that's like the, not short version, but condensed version of the journey. From... That's, a, that's a that's a wild adventure there. I... <laughs> yeah. So anything you'd like to ask about any of those details, we can. I wasn't expecting on. to go uh, go there. <laughs> um, no, thank you for sharing that um, and that journey, man. Uh, so yeah, so you've got quite of quite an experience already in the early years of of your creativity and you know it's all kind of led you to now and and everything i, I always get i always kind of get like jealous when i hear people who grew up like because I, I was born in 92 so uh, i i definitely have like an influence of the 90s with movies and music and stuff and i was always creative always wanted to write and i was making home movies and, and stuff like that as a kid but like i never really thought it was like a thing where i could be like oh i'm gonna be a filmmaker i'm gonna i just want to create stuff like i never really had an aspiration to be like anything like a like a real big boy job or anything like that but i just never thought i should do this now when i'm young and practice doing all these stuff i, I just kind of started doing that a lot later in my in my life so it's only been like the last seven years for me to really kind of start tapping into all that creativity uh on a 
full-time basis. So um, I always yeah. like to hear when you guys are doing, you know, you were doing a lot of that stuff early on as a kid and teenagers and in your early twenties and stuff. Yeah. But we, ha we had that expectation of like, like we're going to make some crappy movie with our friends and then we're going to be Kevin Smith and mm -hmm. like, or Nirvana. Like I grew up in that time where it was like, it seemed like you could just make something in your garage and then like mm -hmm. be a cultural phenomenon. And like, I think that kind of messed me up a little bit. Like that expectation of like, it was part of like, why, like, Cause every time I would finish something and be like, look at this silly movie I made. Like I would just crash because I expected everyone to like a plot or whatever. And like, right. and that's just not how it is. Like, and you, and you said something that kind of struck me a little bit with, you know, like with ego, like I think, cause I feel like sometimes I, I feel the same way with there's, there's almost like an ego about what we do as creators, you know, with filmmaking or if you're an actor and stuff like that. I think there's, some of it, that's a good part of it. Like you, you have to have a little bit of a good ego. And then I think sometimes you can get in your head a little bit. And you sounded like maybe a lot of that when you weren't seeing, you know, yeah, we can just make this little film. It wasn't blowing up or something like that. Did that play in influence, I guess, also? Yeah. Um, it was something I really struggled with. Like it was a big part of like when I got into recovery, like what I had to deal with because like even <clears throat> I like got to the point, like I was like pretty well known around Albuquerque or whatever and like had resources and I made, I wrote and produced a feature called Drunk that was like about an alcoholic. It was like pretty self-referential, like kind of autobiographical. And it was a feature, it was, you know, like 80, 80 minutes. And um, I just thought it was going to, you know, this is going to be the one. It has to be. There's no reason it wouldn't be um, because I deserve it, you know, and like, and making something with that expectation, I think sours it somehow. I don't know. It, it turned out to be like way more like of a downer of a movie than I expected it to be. I thought it was this black comedy, but then like when I watch it now, it's like, wow, this movie is bleak. Cause it's just about this alcoholic who like is not doing anything about his life. It's basically like, did you ever see leaving Las Vegas, the Nicolas Cage movie? I never Where saw he, that one. No. Yeah. He drinks himself to death in it. It's a great movie. He won an yeah. Oscar for it. Um, spoilers. He drinks himself to death. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's like the prequel to that movie where it's still kind of fun, but it's like, just this like, yeah. And then like I researched stuff for that movie about like addiction and alcoholism and stuff. And then like, by the time I was done, like by the time the movie was coming out, I was like exhibiting those behaviors. Mm. It was self-fulfilling prophecy, but yeah, like, um, that's why like the stuff I'm doing now in sobriety, like now that I've like had like five years of reflection time and a little bit of growth time, it was cool learning all that stuff with all those people in Albuquerque. Cause I got a lot of experience with like editing and lighting and doing music production and uh, definitely performance and writing and stuff. Like I have experience with all that stuff that I can now tap into now that I'm like, kind of like I've got my head on straight. Um, and I've completely started over from scratch with, you know, like building new community and making new stuff. And like our, our little production company, we call it, um, it's called all by ourselves productions. And it really is just, it's just me and Emily. Like she did the voice of Lydia and, um, my best friend's head exploded. And I pretty much did a lot of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your sobriety and your new chapter and everything. Sounds like you're in a really good place now. Um, yeah, it's been, I mean, well, like it's, it's weird when you like start doing things with good intentions, mm -hmm. like where you're like kind of honestly, like I'm just, I was I, the first 
thing I made, I was like, maybe I'll put this on the internet. I don't know. And then I ended up uh, sending it to a few festivals and stuff. And it did way better than anything I'd ever done before. Like got into stuff. Like I met a whole bunch of cool people, got to travel a whole bunch. Um, and it was, it, yeah, it did better. Like, you know, I did a lot of hometown stuff in Albuquerque that was fun. And, you know, but like this stuff, I started to get a little bit of more of the experience that I was hoping for through all those years of like, you know, kind of bad faith um, art creation, I guess. Um, you're in, you and my um, history goes back farther than I realized. Um, oh, I really? at, yeah, we were at um, the New Jersey Horror Con in 2021. When... Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't there myself. Strange Films was there, and my father, uh, Frank Aguilar. Oh, yeah, I remember him, yeah, accepting all the awards. Yeah, you guys won, yeah. like, everything. Yeah, well, we got nominated for, like, seven awards, which was really, I mean, it blew me away that we, that was, you know, we that happened. But we won two. We won Best Cinematography and Best Short Film um, yeah. and for our film Raven. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was a really big moment for us, but uh, I wish I could have been up there. But I didn't know, I didn't realize you were up there, too. Yeah, um, uh, my first short, My Monster and Me, um, was in there and it got nominated for best special effects didn't win but Linnea Quigley did announce the nomination so she said the name of my movie on the stage so that was pretty cool awesome. um but yeah like Emily remembered like I was like I'm gonna you know I met this guy at FrankenCon I'm gonna be on his podcast I'm checking out some of some of his movies and um she recognized your name she was like I, we've seen some of his stuff somewhere I remember that and then I was like I was watching and I watched uh I turned on Raven and I was like, Oh, this movie, I've seen this. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. yeah. Frank will, Frank will like that. That's, that's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. We, Felissa Rose was the one who handed the awards, I think to Frank up there and, yeah. and she oh, was at yeah. Frank and con. And I was like, Hey, I wasn't there, but, uh, you, you handed us the award at Frank or, uh, New Jersey horror con. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's cool, man. It's uh, right, what, who did I say? Linnea Quigley. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If she been there. Out. No, she wasn't. You were right. It's full. It was Felicia Rose. Oh, I, see, I thought there was more. And she's people. like totally like the New Jersey, like the queen of New Jersey. Uh, I'm an idiot. I can edit that, that part out. <laughs> click, 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 click. Uh, hey, I wasn't up there. So I thought there was a bunch <laughs> of people up there. Anyways. Um, yeah, you know what's what's cool about now with the indie film scene and filmmakers like us who we did. I mean, we didn't even realize we were connected like that. But our films, you know, they get around like that really easily. I mean, I've I've been in that situation either at a convention or through an email or something like that. Like, hey, we actually, uh, I met you at Atlanta, or my son met you at Atlanta, and this, you know, so if you you find that mutual connection somewhere or your film's playing or whatever, and and people kind of you can easily recognize that because i've met a few filmmakers like that myself um and i think that's super cool now that we're it's a it's a, it's definitely a connected community but there's so many of us too it's hard to you know kind of be on the radar sometimes as well yeah. and social well, media is tough to to battle yeah. on that on a daily basis yeah but you get to the point where you kind of see some of the same faces over and over yeah and... yeah for sure. Like even even us, like you know, it's like you, like we both had shorts in the first Frankencon Film Festival. Was uh was what was your short? Was it the first uh, that we played it was, in the Jersey Horrorcon? No, it was a different one. I made it specifically for Frankencon. It was called the Confrontation, and it's like I was like testing, um, special effects stuff that I used in my best friend's head exploded to cool. make that short to like see if I could do it 
and yeah, it worked out good. And it got into FrankenCon, and I went down there for that. And I didn't get to see your short because you won. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they played it during the award ceremony. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't realize how uh, all that was going to play out. So, um, but yeah, so very exciting. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, like you said, we uh, you kind of run into the same faces uh, consistent, or you know, every once in a while, especially if you're on like the East Coast, and you know, all these festival yeah. conventions going up and down. Um, but let's talk about your movie, My Best Friend's Head Exploded, because that's that's your most recent release, right? Uh, yeah, it's and, the, like the biggest thing I've done so far. Yeah, cool. And I thought it was super ambitious because, like you mentioned earlier, it you, it's all puppets and there's like green screens. Is there green screens in there? Because, yeah. It, it oh, looked, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. nonstop green screen. It just looked like for me, I was like, I thought I was like tripping or something like that throughout the whole time. It, it's such a wild I'm putting that on the Blu-ray. <laughs> it's such a wild image imagery going on throughout the entire film. And uh, it's, I don't know. I, when I was watching, I was like, I, I would have no idea how to do any of this. So like for me, it's a, it was a really cool thing to experience as a viewer. Um, but let's, uh, let's kind of talk about how, and how that came to be, what was your influence kind of going into that or inspiration going into that? And why, I mean, I, I guess you said you were in, locked down but uh, yeah well by this point I, we were we were out and could move around okay. um uh so yeah it took me about a year like i did my monster and me during the pandemic and it's the same kind of stuff it's like i you know just got a green screen and made some puppets and like came up with a loose like idea for what i wanted to do and then kind of like pieced it all together built some sets kind of started figuring out the green screen and i still i only use um iMovie and GarageBand for the most, almost wow. all of it. Like GarageBand has a really good little like green screen tool that's like super easy to use. And like the better, yeah, the better your camera is and the better you light it, the better it works. But so I have to deal with that a lot of the time because well, I don't have expensive equipment. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was just like a, like kind of a learning process developing. Like the whole movie looks that way because that's the only way I could make it. Like, um, like I didn't uh, like I'm not good at like organizing people like I seem I feel like a lot of like really good directors are basically like good managers like they can like get people together and get people excited and like organize things and like produce as they're directing and I'm like kind of bad at all that <laughs> like and I definitely have been down the road of like trying to rope your friends into doing stuff like I have talented friends but it's like getting them to show up and then like they all think it's going to be fun working on a movie until it gets tedious and long and then you feel bad. And so I just didn't like, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to deal with any of that. So I was like, most of this stuff I can do myself and anything that I can't do really well, I'll just like build that into the aesthetic of the movie. Like I'm not great at building puppets. Like, like here's like, like the main puppet for the movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you know, like her eyes just are taped on there. Um, so yeah, so I'm not like great at <clears throat> like a lot of like practical, like building of stuff. Like, uh, so I just built it in, like, this is a, this is a flimsy reality where things are kind of falling apart and they're like, nothing is like really symmetrical. And like, so I just do that with a lot of the sets and the backgrounds. And then I go down in the basement. Um, I usually would pre-record all the dialogue. There's only a couple scenes in the movie where, like where I'm actually speaking without a mask on or anything like where I had to record live sound. So I would just like pre-record all the dialogue 
go into the basement and shoot each puppet in front of a green screen and then kind of cut and paste them all together. Um, it, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's just a. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's been a couple of weeks since I've watched it, but I just remember seeing like all these different, I, the aesthetic was just kind of mind blowing to me. And I, I thought it was very, t- for me, I thought it was very ambitious um, and exciting. And I could tell like, maybe that's, I mean, that was exactly what you were going for, like doing all that. But to me, I thought it was very, very well done. And I thought it was really cool. Huh. And, and uh, I, I liked, I thought there was just, you have to kind of have that extra layer of creativity to pull that off. You know, like, I think it's just like, I mean, because again, I wouldn't know really how to do all that. I mean, I'm more practical uh, effects and and uh, getting people together on on a camera and and trying to direct like that. But yeah. Um. And did you so did you voice all the besides um Emily did did you voice uh, everything else because I really liked the uh, the officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was hilarious. Yeah. Um. My my mama watched it and she was like, "Oh, you sound exactly like Mrs. Doubtfire." I was like, hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I, you know, I was a big, I got had a phase in my childhood where I was super into Robin Williams, but yeah, I was thinking more like, you know, like uh, old school, like British, um, yeah, like cop on the corner with like twirling the nightstick. But yeah, that, the cop is like always like kind of confused as to like what exactly their goal is. Mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i did I, I did all the voices emily does um the two best friends she does lydia and sam um she plays sam like in physical form live action and then lydia is the um vampire puppet who are the best friends and so she does both of those and then i did pretty much yeah i did everything else and the the guy who i guess like the villain of the whole movie um who was dressed up in the it's like the, the one the the, the one piece and, and yeah. he's got face and stuff like that yeah i thought that was a really interesting character as well and i did like how you blended a live action with uh with with the puppets and, and everything as well um and it all kind of comes full circle at the end too which was which was really great for me but um yeah with the with the movie itself and and now it's out and everything like what is what's like maybe the biggest thing you learned from that whole experience, um, putting that together? Um, I mean, basically that I can do that, I guess. Like I, I wanted it to be like full on feature, like 90 minutes. And Mm -hmm. I, and pretty much like I realized it was done at about like 40 minutes. Um, but I just like, I mean, I knew I could do a couple like uh, like a 10 minute thing and make it okay, but like doing like a whole thing where I'm basically doing like all the stuff myself. um, I just learned like a ton about like filmmaking and composing shots and like definitely the special effects stuff. It's all like super low tech, like I'm not using like any like big time effects programs or anything. It feels very lo fi. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's like it's like, okay, that's just part of my aesthetic now because I'm too dumb to learn all the really technical stuff (laughs) like um you know i gotta lean into like i gotta keep that humility of like yes i am in some regards very much a mediocre white guy i don't you know um but yeah it's like i I feel like it's fun to watch for me now because i can see like every single weird like influence and i can like see what i've made and then like interpret my own art for myself Mm -hmm. um 
like watch the thing and be like, oh, I guess I must have been thinking about this. Or like I noticed a, a sequence in there the other day that's like, oh, that's very Wes Anderson. That's really cool. Or like just like realizing that I think about like the same things over and over again. Like even within the movie, there's like repeated conversations and stuff, like repeated lines, like several of the characters say that they don't feel like they're real at a couple different points in the movie. And I was like, oh, do I not feel like I'm real? <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess, yeah, like, yeah, and and it is like, you know, a total, like, kind of existential rumination, so it's good to hear myself say those things over and over in different voices. It's all, like, stuff inside my head. Well, I but, think I think as filmmakers also, like, we kind of do have to lean into our strengths, you know? Like, if you know, like, oh, I'm really bad at a lot of this, but I'm really good at this, then I know I can make some quality content, or at least my own style of content that people might uh you know, drift to towards if I just do it honestly and do it, you know, do it like so, like, cause I'm, I know a lot, I know a little bit about a lot of things. And yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And with cameras, like I, I told, I joke with people all the time, but it's very serious. Like I, I don't know camera settings or anything. Like I just kind of play around until I make, until I think it looks good. You know, like I know, yeah. I know how like, you know, basic camera stuff, like I need how to get the job done. But when it comes to aperture, you know, all these things and all these technical stuff about the camera, I'm just like, ah, let me just play with this. And then that looks good. And the focus, if you watch all my movies, the focus goes in and out, in and out all the time, because <laughs> that's how I do. I always shoot manual focus. Oh yeah. I that's always cool. have to like, kind of, figure out where my focus is and sometimes I forget uh-huh. did I turn left or right and it's, it's like that's that's just how my but it, that's my style now and I've kind of just leaned into that and yeah well that's told me, yeah I think about like um I heard an interview with Billy Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins one time where he said like the first guitar he ever owned like just made this like warbly feedbacky noise that he couldn't get to stop and he just like that's just like how the guitars sound in Smashing Pumpkins now because of that but yeah you're like and you can tell like it it it, it Especially like in movies you're doing now, like City Center. Um, I watched that yesterday. Oh yeah, Center City. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, Center City. Um, where it's like very noir and it's black and white, and like the focus is like going in and out, but it's it seems intentional. Like mm-hmm. you're doing, yeah, it's like you've perfected that like that thing that you like thought was something you just didn't know how to do well, and now it like is just part of your style. It looks awesome. Yeah, it it's looks really professional. It makes it look different from everybody else's movies. And that's that's I think that's important. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's important, like you said, like you, you, you kind of figured out what you're really good at or you know how you, you can do things by yourself in that as- aspect. So I feel like that's going to be almost very um, influential for you going into your next project. I mean, do you think you'll kind of lean more into doing like more green screen puppet kind of stuff or do you want to kind of jump into more live action like have you thought about maybe what's kind of next for you uh as far as your projects go um yeah i've been thinking about it like i've kind of gotten over the hump of like finishing like my best friend's head exploded is finished i'm like kind of promoting it now and like doing screenings and stuff and so i'm back into the mode of like thinking about what's going to be next um i don't know there's there's options i think like you know, I've met a bunch of people like I'd like to work on other people's stuff some in the next like year, maybe like if yeah, if you've got stuff you need help with or like I would totally come down there and do anything you needed. And like um, I really want to like 
yeah, kind of lean into like helping other people out and building a community so that I can like, when I do another thing, there will actually be more people on set. Cause the, like some of the stuff is the hardest for me doing this stuff is like, I'm like setting up the camera and then going and like picking up the puppet and like trying to hold it in the green screen. And if I'm running sound, I got to deal with that too. And then like make, like I bought, like, you know, you talked about camera stuff. Um, I bought a, a Canon EOS, like one of the cheaper models or whatever. It shoots high def, but it's, it is, I'm kind of like that where it's like, you don't have to know everything about cameras anymore. You can just like mess with the different settings until it looks right. Um, but I bought it because it had a flip screen mm-hmm. viewer. Like I could turn the viewer all the way around and see myself with the puppet while I was shooting. So that was like the big reason I bought that camera because <laughs> it had that feature. So I could, I could see myself. Um, but yeah, so what's next? Um, I don't know. I've been getting into, I, I found a eight millimeter projector at Goodwill the other day for $8. Oh, wow. Like we, uh, we bought a little, like, like eight millimeter movies and stuff. I saw your story today, right before the show. And I was like, Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Look at that. Wow. Like I worked in like movie theaters towards Mm -hmm. the end of film and stuff. So I don't, I'm going to start maybe trying to get into like some practical stuff because this is amazing. Like I could like actually probably learn how all that stuff works because it's very simple. Like I might try to shoot some stuff on eight millimeter or something. Um, Try to do some stuff on film, like maybe make like a silent slasher movie. That'd be fun. Or something. Yeah. Like, where it's like the challenges that you can't immediately see what you shot, like, or if it like worked or not or whatever. Cause you have to like right. get the film developed or something. That'd be something cool. And then, yeah, if I have like a big grand idea, the best thing about my style is I can pretty much do whatever I want. Now at this point, I could probably make it happen. Um, I could have like, you know, a, a scene in Rome at the Coliseum with a hundred thousand people, because I could just like draw a whole bunch of little guys. And... <laughs> Like, just take a picture of the Coliseum and manipulate it just enough that I don't infringe copyright. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what's next, but I'm I'm excited about wherever like my wherever I get guided by kind of the universe of like mm-hmm. what opportunities come up or what opportunities fall through is where I'll end up. I guess. Yeah. Hey, I mean that's and that's the best way to kind of go about it. Just find wait till that inspiration in that right moment kind of hits all together at once. Um, yeah. With the, with, with filmmaking, what do you think? I mean, I guess feel, I, I guess we're kind of in a great time now where every, every style is kind of more, is very, is very welcome now. You know, we're, we've got a lot, we're in a great time with indie films where people are really enjoying the different styles and these aesthetics and everything like that. Um, how do you feel about the, the, the indie film scene compared to the mainstream main Hollywood scenes right now? I mean, I feel like we're like in this big indie, especially horror renaissance right now. Do you kind of see like, cause we, what we were discussing earlier about like the Kevin Smith era and the nineties and stuff like that, where people were just kind of making things left and right and getting blown up a little bit or getting some of that cult following. Do you think that's easier now or more challenging because there is there are so many filmmakers and social media is such a huge thing that influences a lot of that yeah um i mean it's yeah there's ups and downs to both of it i mean like i think money still plays a huge part in getting things made getting things seen especially like that's what i found is like the hardest part of indie filmmaking is any kind of promotion because a lot of us are like 
we're I, I think it's fun because you can get a lot of more singular visions right now. It's like people can just go out and make the thing they want to make. They have the resources, they have the time, like we can make these pieces of art that are like personal and beautiful and like, you know, uh, like almost more like a painting because there's such a singular vision. You don't have to have all these like influences, all these studio heads or like producers like coming in and giving their two cents on stuff. So there's a lot of really great, honest stuff coming out, which is why I think the horror uh, indie film scene is exploding right now and is so great. And there's so much cool stuff to watch all the time. Um, but yeah, but then it is, it's like a crowded field. It's like, you got to claw your way to the forefront. Like, and that's, it's still a dirty game, I guess. Like, it's weird because it's like, it's like, it is like cool people all doing cool stuff, but then there's still a little bit of that like competition. And it still seems like, you know, if, if you grew up in LA and your parents were in the movie industry, it's like you have an easier time. So mm-hmm. whatever. But like, but I think the good thing about social media and this connectivity is that it is easier for people to break through if they make something really good and someone else sees it, then they'll share it. And it, you don't have to have, you know, studio backing anymore. I think the studio system is, seems like it's pretty much on the verge of collapse. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know, like what it's going to even look like in 10 years, like is you know, is Warner brothers and Disney and all that, are they still going to be like the dominant forces? I don't know. I kind of hope not. I kind of, I mean, I've always been rebellious. I want it all to come crashing down, but (laughs) yeah, no. And, and I think you're right. I mean, a lot of it still is money because like, for me, I think my biggest challenge is like, well, I made this film, which cost me a lot of money and I'm not making money getting back. You know, I'm not making my money back on it. I might sell a Blu-ray here and there, but that's, you know, whatever. And I usually just give them away for free at this point. Cause you know, yeah. I'd rather people watch it than not watch it. But, um, yeah, that's what happened at Frankencon with us. You gave me that like nice, like produced, like DVD copy of, um, he comes to kill. And I gave you that, like, like made on my computer bootleg <laughs> disc. I was like, well, I hope this plays. So, uh, right, right. thanks for the trade. All good. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it you know, it's like, then when you think about like film festivals and promotions, ads, whatever you're trying to do to try to just push it out there. I mean, that, that adds up so much cost so quickly. It's like, I don't know. It's like where for me, I'm like, I don't have the budget to do as that's why it's like, I, well, I'll just try to tap into social media as much as I can, because that can be your free marketing. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like, I mean, I think I really like your, like the whole strange films, like, universe of stuff that you do like because like the podcast you're like honestly interviewing like people who are just out there doing the thing like that's super cool and like you know we call it networking or whatever but like when you do it honestly and because you like doing it that's the best way to do it like you know like going into a room of suits to try and raise money is like terrible like and but yeah i think yeah it's like you it seems like you do well enough where you always find them, find the means and resources to get your things made. And I think like, as, as long as we all keep doing that, each project will just get bigger and bigger and we'll get more and more resources. I feel like the more experienced I get and the, the more I'm capable of, the more the means kind of just present themselves to me to like do the next thing that I want to do. That's what it seems like so far, at least as we become more capable of doing bigger stuff, 
um, the means kind of almost seem to present themselves. It's like we get, we find out, figure out, I guess we probably also get better at like finding the means to do stuff, like finding money, finding resources, finding locations, all that stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, as, definitely as you keep going as well, like at your local community or your indie film friends who are seeing what you do, that, that support and that community kind of grows with you as well. So they're like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to back Scott's next project or help out, offer my time or resources if I can, or I know a location or Strange Films. Now, I'm th- very thankful that usually when I put a cast and call out or locations or whatever I'm looking for, it kind of just fills up really fast. People are wanting to help out or be a part of what we do now. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's just a big tug of tug and war, uh, tug of war, kind of uh, yeah. you know, ba- back and forth all the time, you know, trying to trying to put it, do content and make these things honestly, but then battling yourself and like, wow, I'm never good enough, or this is it's overcrowded, all these things. But I'm just having fun. I'm I'm loving what I do, and I love talking to people like you to kind of get to know like what how you tick and what's what influences you and inspires you and stuff like that too so yeah um, so yeah it, it's good man with all the like and uh, i mean just to sing your praises a little bit more man i like been you know going through your catalog some and i love that like you have like a very varied like you can stylistically you can tell they're your movies but they're always like it's like a noir movie and a slasher movie and a monster movie and like and they all seem almost like proof of concept films like there's a huge world out on the sides of the frame that you're not quite getting yet Mm -hmm. but it's like like you tell this one story but it's like hey man if you dump a pile of cash on me i could tell a much huger story with this all these characters yeah yeah that's always been the pitch man i mean like strange films universe it's been like this whole like i always wanted to look at it as like a marvel dc kind of world where you can kind of intertwine these stories and characters and you know create these i guess yeah proof of concept films someone's told me that before as well that and and just kind of yeah just say like you said it's like if if i was able to get a studio to really be like hey we love what you do you know really go at it and i think yeah. yeah like i could create this whole world and and really flesh out these characters and the story that i'm trying to tell and things like that but you know it's like uh for now it's like oh yeah well let me try packing as much as i possibly can but also not be too over not overstep a little bit or make it too yeah. you know yeah i just say go go nuts man because you even you just released a sequel to your short film which is awesome yeah that was a whole <laughs> that was a whole journey yeah uh center city too yeah i mean we started that first one in 2017 and then we actually did one two three more films as a it, it's a five-part series so there's the there's the center city then there's butch and the woman and the driver and and then there's center city too but we started center city two in 2019 didn't wrap uh-huh. till december 2022 because wow. um you know covid and then i had a son and it was hard for me to get up there and if you watch yeah. the film there was actually another uh, DP that stepped in for me. So there's like three sequences that are not my style. And it's mm. like completely, it, it, it worked. He definitely tried to like do recreate like my stuff, but you can tell like when it cuts back to the next sequence and it's like, Oh, that's August. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a big mixed bag. And I'm probably going to do a whole episode on the journey of that series. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, that's such a weird thing. Cause filmmaking is such a collaborative thing. That's mm-hmm. why like, I think the like one of my biggest strengths in my flicks is that they are just like me. That this like comes from my brain and it's my aesthetic and it's what I'm capable of. But like, I think that's a 
something I'm kind of missing out on as far as filmmaking goes is the collaborative effort of making art. Cause like, you know, there's a reason there's like 200 names in the credits of movies. Yeah. All those people had a little like touch on the movie and it's like, that's what makes them really special a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, if you like relinquish a little of that control, if you can find a DP you work well with and like yeah. mesh well with and, um, but yeah, I mean, is all that practical in, in those those flicks um i mean you're shooting like in front of like the art museum in oh yeah that's just running gun dude that's just me (laughs) (laughs) Me with my little dslr i'm like all right go uh yeah just hopefully the cops are no one yeah philly's philly's cool because everyone's making stuff up there and there's so much stuff going on i feel like as long as you're not like a public nuisance like no one's gonna bother you but yeah those alleys those streets the the art museum all these all these monuments and stuff that's just us like right in front of those things cool yeah that's yeah because there was one shot where i wasn't sure where it's like the car was parked in front of the museum i was like did they just like green screen in the car and no we sat there the whole time and uh, (laughs) someone in the car waiting to go if they had to move you know and um yeah that's cool it's a it's a fun it's a fun process up there. It's a little chaotic, but it's cool. Um, and and you know, you just said something that make I I struggle with too is like, if you watch all my films, ninety ninety five percent of it is just me shooting. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the director, I'm the writer, I'm the editor, I'm the DP. I'm I half the time I'm audio or whatever. Like I do yeah. all these different things, and it it's only been the last few years in the last few projects, I've really started trying to bring in more, more people on these sets to be, to offer their skill sets and to help me with production, because I kind of feel like, well, I know exactly what I want. And I, and it's hard for me to let go of that control, you know? And it's like, especially when it comes to shooting, because I love shooting, but I have to realize also, I can't, I, it will benefit me on, especially when, as these productions are getting bigger and if people are more skill set with the camera who actually knows the settings and you know, like, like I can, I can, I have to relinquish some of that and pass it on to someone who I can really trust and collaborate and communicate with. So yeah. I can just focus on the directing and things like that. Um, yeah. Well, and that's like, I hate shooting. I like, I like when we're, because it never feels like I'm getting exactly what I saw in my head. Like, um, but yeah, I think that's like the part that I'm talking about that like is really interesting to me now is like, um collaborating with people and like it's just for small low budget movies where you have to move fast and you you know you're maybe even in a place where you're like all right we got to get this shot and get out of here um like it's hard to communicate it's like you know like that's where the money comes in like where the money benefits movie making where it's like if you can control a an environment and have a conversation with your dp and do oh you know i want this exact thing and oh that'll be good that's a good idea let's put this light here like that's like i've been on a few of the bigger sets back when i was in albuquerque and like that's the benefit of all that hollywood money is mm-hmm. the the time and the like they can have the patience to like actually make everything look the way they actually want it to look yeah and whereas it, it works it just works better as an indie filmmaker to like do it all yourself because you don't have to have a conversation about it you can just be like all right actors you guys know your lines you're ready you're rehearsed all right mm-hmm. let's do it and then you know you're getting exactly what you want to edit it because you're going to edit it too so right right yeah um all right well uh so on this show we like to try to bring value to the listener um and i and i know we've been talking a lot about 
indie filmmaking and stuff like that and and our personal experiences around that but uh yeah so for aspiring creatives or filmmakers you know we always try to bring something to the table to kind of help them maybe either get inspired to create their next project or or relay some experience that maybe you struggled with um and what you learned from that as well so is is there anything that you can bring to the table as far as uh maybe some advice or perspective goes to uh, an inspiring filmmaker or someone or a creative. Yeah. Um, I think kind of what we've been talking about, like just do it. Like everyone says it, like I think a lot of us just like in our minds, we like still just wait for that. Um, like that perfect situation, that perfect opportunity, like, Oh, when this happens or when I, you know, have more time or when I can quit my job, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just got to do it. Everyone said it like Robert Rodriguez, Lloyd Kaufman. They all just say, just go make your movie, like get out there and do something and do it with the resources you have. Like I'm still doing, I'm 40 years old. I'm still doing it. And every time I make something, things improve and I get to do something cooler or better. Um, and then dropping the expectations, man, like that was huge for me. Like when I started making these movies, just thinking like, ah, this will be fun. I don't know what will happen with this. I'll, and like, it's just a silly puppet movie. There's no, there's no big deal with it. But then since I've been doing that and like making art just to do it, like being in the moment and like when I'm making it, just be like, this is fun. This is what I want to be doing. I want to be shooting these puppets against this green screen. I want to be recording audio. I love editing. I love writing music and doing stuff. Like if you like doing that stuff, just do that. And all this, like, I don't know. And I like try to even think about the stuff that I don't like doing. Like when I'm down there struggling to keep a puppet straight in front of the camera and like my cats climbing the green screen in the background. Like, like, is this, I mean, would you rather just go work a desk job? Would you rather like, yeah would, yeah just like rather be doing anything else besides this no then just keep keep doing this yeah and then it's then it, like it motivates you like i don't really like i'm not a hugely social person in general but like once you finish something it's like okay now i gotta submit it to some film festivals or go to a con or and then like that's when the magic really happens when you meet people and talk about stuff and but you'll get mo I like I got motivated to do that stuff because I had something that I like was proud of and wanted people to check out. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, filmmakers, people on the show, everyone, like we will all say the same thing. Just got to do it. got to start this, this and that. But yeah. I think it's important to hear that from multiple, I mean, perspective of all around. I mean, cause everyone's got their own way of saying that their own experience behind that and their own, uh, perspective and, and everything on that too but it's a good reminder and uh yeah i mean the the proof is in the pudding i mean you guys can make anything with between from your phone to handcrafted puppets on a green screen downstairs in your basement so it's uh or you know get really ambitious with it but yeah use your resources and and definitely uh try to network if you if and when you can because uh you never know where those connections can take you and opportunities can yeah take you. well so. and it really like I think it does come honestly when you're like, cause like the, the stuff I've been able to do with this movie, we had the first screening of it was in Salem, Massachusetts at the um, Salem Witchboard museum, which oh, is like cool. the coolest venue in the entire world. And it was just because I went there when I was there for a different film festival and we met the owner, John, and he's a super nice guy and was like, Oh, I do film nights. You want to show a movie? 
was like, awesome. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same with this, like being on this podcast. It's just because I drove down to Knoxville to go to the con and talk to some people and took my movie with me. And now here we are. And this is here fun. This is a great way, great way to spend a day just hanging out, talking about movies. Absolutely. I love it, man. Um, all right. Well, Scott, I appreciate you being on the show. I'm really looking forward to staying connected with you. Hopefully we get to work together one day. That'd be cool, man. Um, yeah, uh, seriously. Anything you want. Just, just shoot me an email. Out of again? I'm in uh, southeastern Ohio, uh, Marietta, Ohio, Parkersburg, West Virginia, right in there. Gotcha. I'm two hours from everywhere. Two hours from Charleston, West Virginia, two hours from Columbus, two and a half from Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's all right. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll definitely stay connected, and I'll let you know when things are on the radar. That way, if there's ever a way we can collaborate, that'd be great. Um, anything I can do always to help. Um, where can people find you if uh, if they want to watch some of your movies, if they're available online or uh, social media, if you want to plug anything as well? Um, yeah, I'm being so old, I'm not great at all the social media stuff. Um, I'm on Twitter um, for the time being, I guess. Uh, my yeah, monster. Are... <laughs> I don't know how long I'll be on Twitter. But yeah, on Instagram as well, uh, SKOT, Scott Bryan, um, and then My Monster and Me. Um, you can find me on um, uh, on YouTube if you just search, like, I think My Best Friend's Head Exploded trailer. It'll pop right up. Or you could just Google My Best Friend's Head Exploded. Um Old guy with things at yahoo.com. If you want to just email me and ask for, I'll send you a copy of the movie. I don't care. <laughs> like I've got, I, I've got a DVD burner in the old computer. If you've All got right. a DVD player playing somewhere, just I'll send you a copy of the movie. Just email me. Cool. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to check out uh, my best friend's head exploded, send them an email. It's, it's worth watching. Yep. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll post the link to the trailer um, in the show notes. That way people can check out what we're talking about. So. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Scott, appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for your time. Good luck on everything. I can't wait to see what you do next. And uh, we'll, we'll stay connected and uh, hopefully work together here in, in the near future. So. Thanks. You too, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. And with that said, everybody, we will see you guys next time.